the Messy Walk podcast with Pastor Adam Cook, where our goal is to have a genuine and authentic conversation about the Christian faith journey and what a messy walk with Jesus really looks like. Make sure to follow us for future episodes that will be posted regularly each Wednesday. We hope you enjoy this episode. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Messy Walk podcast. This is episode 30. 30. We made it to 30. (laughs) Yes, we did. Middle-aged. Yes. Oh, that hurt some feelings just now, didn't it? When I hit 30 and somebody said that, I got mad. So sorry about that. Oh, no. Um, Thank you guys for joining us today. We are just continuing our conversation on spiritual warfare um, in the armor of God. And so this is going to be our last episode on that, right? Yeah, we're going to try to get it all in on this yeah, one. Yeah, we're going to try to fit it all into this last episode on spiritual warfare. So if you have kept up with us for this entire series, thank you. Yes. Um, we hope you've been encouraged through this. I know I've been encouraged through this, and I've realized a lot of ways that my faith definitely needs to grow Absolutely. and strengthen. And yep. So it's and just really how, good And just stuff. how important it is. Yes, you know, like, absolutely. I, I think sometimes we forget how important um, I know I do how important our, our building our faith consistently is, yeah. and when we see it in terms of this spiritual battle, yeah, then we would know that. Like you know, if you think about this spiritual battle that's happening, and then you start to like relate it to a real battle, like one that you've seen on Earth, you know, like a war or something. Yes, you would go, okay, it's extremely important to be prepared for that battle, or you're going to die. And so I think sometimes we forget that building our faith is so important, growing in our faith is so important because there is a battle. And if we don't build it up, then we're just setting ourselves up for complete and total failure in this battle and to be just kind of barraged by... (laughs) Get pretty much obliterated if you're not ready for war. destroyed, you know, and I think a lot of that happens. I mean, really, as a pastor for a very long time now, in my own faith walk, but then people that I walk with, I just see folks that they just get destroyed over time because... They put their faith in Christ, and they started to pursue um, Jesus and those things in their life, and then it just became, I go to church, yeah. you know? And then this faith never really grew, but the enemy's attacks for sure did, yeah. and then they just get destroyed um, along the way, and then now they're, now they're completely away from it, and they, you know, the, the belief in the faith has to grow. Yeah. Faith has to grow, um, and, and it's not always exciting, you know what I mean? And I think when we originally come to Christ and, you know, we step into that freedom and we step into that salvation, it's exciting. It's like mountaintops. But yeah. then most of our faith walk is down in the valley. And it, the faith is being built during that time yeah. that's not just about something that's exciting, you yeah. know? And as that faith is built, then we're more prepared for right. all these battles that come along. If it's all about feel goods yeah. and mountaintop experiences, you're gonna get destroyed. That's not, yeah, that's not where we live. Like you can't live can't, on a mountaintop. Can't live there. You're yeah. gonna get destroyed. Yeah. So that's good stuff. Anyway, yep. So that's where we're at. Yeah. We're gonna try to wrap this bad boy up. So we are, and we're gonna hit, um, what I consider to be the concluding pieces to the armor of God scripture. Um, that's verse 17, and then. I think verse 18 is also a part of the armor of God. But typically when you look at this, 18 is not included. So we'll get to that in a minute. So we're going to kind of go relatively quickly through 17. Um, And if you missed last episode, 29, that's right, yeah? Yep. Go back and listen to that one because that one's going to speak to you very, very personally. We hit some specific lies of the enemy um, that he throws at us and then how we combat that with specific truths of the gospel 
in Scripture, and it really applies to kind of what we're going to bring up here on this part. So um, we don't want to belabor that point. So when we get to this next piece, go back if you want more information and kind of look at what we talked about in the last episode. Yeah. They go hand in hand. That yeah. makes any sense. It's really encouraging. It's a longer episode, but I think it's, it's worth your time. the longest one. Yeah. It's more specific and personal and just very encouraging. There's a lot of Scripture references that you might want to write down. I know I'm yep. going to make sure I have a copy of them. Yeah, I don't have um, any tattoos. Chloe does. I do. But I if three, I did, yeah. it would be scripture. Yes, <laughs> so. I know. I want like a, I need a scripture one. That's my new idea. For I don't have one. any tattoos. And, and the reason I don't have she any. Get one. It's not that I don't believe in them. It's not that I don't think that I would like it. I do want one. But should do um, I, I, I don't. Adam Cook don't do pain. So um, uh, Chloe Lavender doesn't do pain either, but look at her now. <laughs> no, what would happen with me is I would get strapped in, I would be in the chair, and they would start. They I'd be don't like, okay. strap you in. What oh, kind yeah. of tattoo are <laughs> <laughs> You're Maybe going there like, buckle up, son. <laughs> Maybe that's part of my problem. Yeah, they don't but strap I, they you would in. start, and You're I would freedom. get. They'd get one little line, and I'd be like, "Okay, I'm done. Quit. I'll take my hyphen tattoo. I like the hyphen. Let's stop there." <laughs> it's really not that bad. I mean, like, it's not like you're not sitting there and you're like, "Wow, this feels so good." But like, it's not as bad as yeah, if I can I'm do it three of... times, and one of them was like a manual one, almost like a prison tattoo, but I wasn't in prison. <laughs> um, you, if I can do it, anybody can. <laughs> if I can do it, anybody can. It should help you. Well, anyway. I'm weak. Anyway, if yeah. you're gonna tattoo something, tattoo some scripture. Yes, I want. To Tattoo it on it's your heart. You know, this is the picture. Or on here, your forehead. So, on your no, forehead. There you go. But make sure you do it backwards so when you look in the mirror, you can read it. Right. And nobody else can. <laughs> Anywho. All right, Chloe, read read um the read seventeen and I think we're gonna break it up. So you can read the whole thing or you can read just the first part. Okay. This cool. is Ephesians six is where we're at, Armor yeah. God Scripture. Yeah. The last two verses, seventeen and eighteen, we're gonna work on. So Ephesians six seventeen a says, take the helmet of salvation. Yeah, that's all he says about that. So he yeah. rolls from the shield of faith that we just talked a lot about. That was that last episode I was just talking about. And then he rolls into the helmet of salvation. Um, your head is where you think. And right. so it is the pinnacle of all thoughts. And so what Paul is saying is, is, is for us to let the truth about our salvation, the truth about whose we are. Right, that we've been saved, bought with a price, redeemed um, by Jesus and God's grace. Let that permeate our minds and our thoughts. That that's the that there's a lot of battle going on in our mind is what he's talking yeah. about. And remember, you talked about that a couple episodes yes. ago. Um, <laughs> yeah. Your struggle with that yeah. battle, yeah, and that you've got to constantly being what's going to permeate your thoughts has got to be um, the fact that you've been saved by God's grace. And that, in other words, who you belong to and in the purchase price that has been on your life, the value that God sees in you, therefore, right. um, if he's, you know, if you ever heard that old phrase that the value of something is determined by what someone is willing to pay for. I think um, I have heard that. Yes. You know, and so if somebody's willing to pay five dollars, then that's really the value. I don't care what some appraiser says it is. Right. You know, <laughs> me and my dad are um, uh, we connected. So the way we connected it when I was a kid the thing that we bonded over was baseball cards. We love baseball cards. We still do. We still talk about them. We still, he called me yesterday about a baseball card. Aww, um, that's so that's so our cool. big thing. And so yeah. in baseball cards, you have a price guide that tells you what the value of a card is. Um, but I remember as being a kid and thinking, oh, this card's valuable. And I remember one day we went somewhere and we were doing something with it. And a, the same card that we thought was worth a hundred dollars was for sale at this baseball card show for $65. And I was like, Daddy, that card's worth 100 He's selling it for 65 Daddy's like, 
if he's selling it for 65, I don't care what the book says, its value is 65. Oh, man. You know, yeah. and it's one of those things that you've got to remember that the price that God has paid for your soul, for your heart, for your life, right. is, the, is the blood of Jesus. That's what you're, that's the value that you have. And so wow. it's almost, you're almost undeterminable how much value you have in the eyes of God. That's the, that's this thought of helmet of salvation is meaning all of your thoughts, all the things that are going on in your mind have to constantly be um, centered around the fact that you are his. That's the wow. whole point, right? And yeah. so that's where that big battle is constantly fighting is, is no, I'm God's. No, I'm God's. No, I'm God's. And every little thought that comes through is coming through that. Um, and that's what's got to permeate our mind and our thoughts all the time. So um, one of the – we talked about this a lot last week with regard to the lies that the enemy throws and then using the truth of the gospel. It's similar in this, but it's all centered around who Christ is. And so – what if in our heads we always had – this is a piece of scripture we didn't use last week. What if in our heads we were always going back to certain things that reminded us of the truth of the gospel and our salvation? You know, mm. it's, it's, I actually think one of the reasons that the most famous Bible verse in the world is John 3.16 um, is because it does exactly this. It's pointing us back to the root of our salvation. For God so loved the world, everybody – yeah. And what did he do? He gave his only son, right? Yeah. That whoever believes in him, you know, never dies, never perishes, but has eternal life. That's the value that you have. And so what if we were always thinking about Revelation 21.4? One day there's going to be uh, no more death, no more crying, no more pain. He's going to wipe every tear from every single eye. He's going to make all things new. That's that scripture. Yeah. Um, if What if we were always having our minds centered around that thought that – I am his and he is coming and he is in charge. You know, that's the idea here, the helmet okay. of salvation. I'll read the next part. So okay. helmet of salvation is the first piece. Yes. That and then you get stuff. the rest of 17. I liked how you said that. Um, just revisiting the idea of like the price of, the so I'm not going to say mm -hmm. it right, but anyway. Let's see if we can do it. The, the, value, the value of something is determined by the price that um, someone's yeah. willing to pay for yeah. it. And if God was willing to send his son. Like how how much value how do each value of us have? You? Yeah, yeah, it's amazing. Okay, so seventeen B, so Ephesians six seventeen B says, "In the sword, nope, is yeah, yeah in right. the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God." Yeah, so he goes in with this kind of um, hits that helmet piece, and then seventeen B transitions you a little bit to offensive weapons, kind of like the feet shoes thing we talked about before. Um, and, and he talks about the sword of the spirit. And then he tells you, like, it's almost like you're going, sword of the spirit. All right, I need a sword. I need a sword of the spirit. What is that? Yeah. And then he clarifies with, which, by the way, yeah. is the word of God, right? Yeah. And you're like, oh, got it, got it, got it. Yeah, so the sword of the spirit is the word of God. And so that is our offensive weapon. Think sword. What do you do with a sword? You don't you don't bat down arrows with the sword. I right. mean, you can, but that's, that's your shield's job. You're not blocking it from hitting you in the head. That's your helmet's job. Right. You know, what you're doing with the sword is you are attacking with it. You're jabbing with it. You're slicing with it. Whatever you do with swords. I don't know. I'm not a sword fighter, but you <laughs> know what I mean. Sword. Right. <laughs> um, so what he's saying here, and this is the part that we've got to make sure that we get, your ability to overcome Satan, because it's an offensive weapon, your ability to overcome him, to, to slice him, is directly proportionate to your knowledge of the word. Hmm. So your ability to fight against him and his schemes is directly proportionate to how much you know the word. Yeah. 
That's what he's saying. And so if you know the word a little bit, picture that, you know me, I like word pictures. I'm using my hands right now and everything. Um, <laughs> word pictures. The more you know the word, the bigger your sword is. The less you know the word, the smaller your sword is. Mm-hmm. And so if you don't know the word at all, you're walking around fighting Satan with a Swiss Army knife. You ain't going to hurt him but so bad right. with that little knife that has scissors inside of it. <laughs> you know I mean? It's like it's not going to do much. Yeah. You know, The little knife with the can opener ain't going to do a whole lot. Right. Um, and that's kind of the picture. Um, but if you know the word of God, then your sword is larger. Now you're walking around with you know some ninja sword, right, or some – I don't know, Excalibur, um, don't you know, know. Yeah. that's that big that sword from, no, <laughs> Excalibur is the sword that was in the stone and uh, King Arthur pulls out oh. and all that stuff, right? Um, wow. Yeah, anyway, I don't like. <laughs> I haven't like... seen that movie. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh, of course she hasn't seen that movie, by the way. Um, anyway, think about your knowledge of the word and the size of your sword. And so everybody right now, you can actually do that. Just pause for a minute. Nobody's going to know. You're not going to be embarrassed. Right. And my walk is messy like yours, and so you don't have to hide it. How much do you know the word? Think about it and then relate it to your knife. And so, you know, is it a butter knife? Is it a Swiss Army <laughs> knife? You know, <laughs> is it a steak knife? You know, I don't know if you remember this, but when you used to go to Outback, they don't, I don't think they do this anymore. You used to go to Outback. They would bring out, if you ordered a steak, they would bring your steak knife out with your meal, right? And that thing was humongous. It was big. It was huge. It had this massive handle on it. It was crazy. They bring out this massive steak knife. You know, is it that? Um, Is it a sword? Do you feel like, man, I know the word a lot. I can really fight the enemy a lot because I know the word. I feel this as a preacher every single week if I teach and preach in any setting, even like we're doing this right now. If I know the word, I can almost feel like I'm in battle with a sizable weapon at this point. You know what I mean? Like with a sword that's going to do some damage. And then there are times where I'm preaching on some scripture and I realize maybe I don't know this like I ought to. Maybe I haven't learned this enough. And it's like I'm using a, you know, butter knife. Um, One of my most recent examples of this is for years, I erroneously preached on the Proverbs 31 woman. And use that scripture very, um, oh gosh, in just a very small way, um, very limiting way. Mm-hmm. And it was like when I was preaching on that, I was using a butter knife. And then when I started really studying it, um, and we preached a whole series on that scripture, I started good. really studying it, and I realized, well, hold up. Like when I know this word, man, it's like I'm preaching with something that's serious now, right? And I really can attack the enemy with specifically lies he's told women. And then lies he's told men about women. Right. If I know that scripture well, and it's almost like before I wouldn't even hurt him. I mean, he, he didn't have to really fight against me when I was preaching Proverbs thirty-one on a Mother's Day message um, because it won't do nothing. But when we when I really got into it, and understood it, it was like, man, I'm I'm tearing his crap down with this. You know, it was a yeah. it was a bigger sword. So think about right now your knowledge of the word, and then compare it in your head to how big your knife is, or even if it's even a knife at all, or if it's a sword or whatever it is. Um, You've got to know the word. That's what he's saying. Your main offensive weapon is the sword of the spirit. You must know the word of God. And on a side note, um, sorry, I almost burped and I stepped on the mic. <laughs> we, I was wondering what was happening. Chloe and I are very conscious about what sounds come yes. out of our faces on these mics. Yeah. And so I was trying to go away, but then I'm I was like still talking. Leaning away to breathe. And 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 yeah. And need to breathe. <laughs> yeah, uh, need anyway. To breathe. Um, <laughs> This is true for our kids, too. Side note real fast. 
we got to make sure our kids know the word because it's their primary weapon in this world. And as Christians, we've got to prepare our kids that way. Because otherwise, we're sending them into the world with butter knives. I don't want my kid fighting off the enemy in her life with, you know, a Swiss Army knife. I want her to have, you know, a sword, right? And, And so we've got to do things that set them up that way. We have to pour into them that way. And so, this will offend some of you. Um, your kids can dance, and they can play soccer, and they can be in plays, and they can do travel volleyball or field hockey or whatever it is. Um, and they can do those things on multiple teams. And they can spend their whole childhood completely centered around those games and teams or whatever those extracurricular things are. Um, and you can make the choice to lead them in doing nothing but that their entire formative years. But at some point, they're going to be adults. And at that point, what you've helped them build up is a sword of soccer or whatever it is. Yeah. And those things, those things may help them in life a little bit. I'm not denying it. I mean, I have kids now that are in various different sports and things like that. Those things are going to help them in life a little bit. But God's word will save them for eternity. Right. And if we're sending, if, if we've spent their whole formative years giving them a, a really good sword of field hockey or dance, what's that really going to do for them in the spiritual battles that we know as adults are coming in their life? You know, we know the crap we've walked through. Guess what they're going to walk through? The same stuff. Matter of fact, theirs is going to be even a little bit worse than ours because theirs is predicated on what we've walked through too, right? <laughs> so they've got our baggage <laughs> yeah. and then their own baggage that they're going to create. Mm-hmm. Um, and if we're sending them out just with that, then we're doing such a disservice to them because we're not giving them the proper weapon that they would need as children of God in this world. Yeah. Um, and that's proportionate to their knowledge of the word. They have got to know the truth of the gospel and they've got to be in the word and and for that to happen, I'm not saying you have to be in church, but a lot of it comes from having your life centered around a priority of gathering with believers, studying the word, praying, serving in the body. Those things keep you centered around the word, right? And you've got to make it a priority. And so if you spend every single Sunday ever through their formative years traveling on some team, um, you've pulled them away from preaching and teaching and hearing the word consistently, yeah. right? And it just doesn't set them up so good in the world, right? I mean, I don't send them out there with a Swiss Army knife of the word and a sword for soccer. This is not going to help them that much, yeah. you know? Um, I'm not saying not, I'm not saying not do those things. I'm not saying they're not good. I'm just saying that we've got to make sure that we prepare them for the battle that is coming in this world, and it's not going to be on the soccer field. Yeah. Right, it's not. It's not. No matter what they do, nobody they, ever war, won a war with a soccer ball. It's not going to happen, <laughs> yeah. right? I mean, and some of them may become professionals yeah. and all that stuff, but it opens even, up opportunities. But even if they do, they're still in the same spiritual battle that we're referring Absolutely. to, right? So it, it, it can't yeah. be it, it, the 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 word has to be there. Yeah. Even if it's in addition to. The soccer ball right. is what I'm trying to say. Right. So yeah. uh, this idea of the sword of the spirit, think about it like this, and then we'll move on to the next one. Be so saturated with the word of God 
that when life cuts you, you bleed the word, right? Because life's going to cut you. That's what life does. The enemy is going to cut you. Bleed the word back out. Let that be the salve that's on your wounds. And then not to mention the fact that what he's talking about is your primary offensive weapon is knowing the word. Mm -hmm. And so your knowledge of the word is directly proportionate to the size of the sword at which you will fight the enemy in this world. And so if you're trying to, if you feel right now that you're in a spiritual, spiritual battle, if you feel like you're walking into a season, if you feel like the church is in that season, it is, by the way, just in case you're wondering, um, the best way you can be prepared to combat that, to combat the enemy in this world is to know the word. So that's yeah. 17. Yeah. And then 18, we're going to read, and it's often left out of the spiritual, um, uh, the, the, the armor of God scripture. Um, it's often left out, but I think that that's a big mistake, and I don't think Paul intended to. So, Chloe, read right. 18, and we're going to wrap this bad boy up. Yeah. So, Ephesians six eighteen says, And pray in the Spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. With this in mind, be alert and always keep on praying for all the Lord's people. So, Paul says all or always like four times. Right. And prayer and pray, and then he's like, well, maybe they're wondering how many situations, so let me make sure that they know all and everything and all that you do, and then pray, and then it's like he's saying, pray some more. Right. Right. I don't think that that's his conclusion statement. So when you see Paul's letters, you see him start to get to a conclusion. You're going to see that happen um, in the last two verses, I think in 20 and 21. Um, It might be 21 and 22, but... This piece is definitely included in the armor of God part because it's it's your offensive weapon. And so he started off with this word, but then you've got pray. Um, and a lot of times this isn't included in that weapon, but it is. It, it's our main one. And right. I think the reason that Paul ends with this piece on prayer and then says it so repeatedly, right? <laughs> you need to pray and in all things pray. And, and by the praying. way, pray and then pray some more and then keep on praying. And if you didn't hear me, I said pray, right? All the time, always, for <laughs> always. everybody. Just keep doing it, everybody, all the time, <laughs> right? He just keeps on going back to it. It's because he knows it's our main weapon. Pri- prayer should be the primary way we see ourselves fighting. Mm-hmm. And so when we think about ourselves fighting this spiritual battle, we should think that the primary way we fight is through prayer. The primary way we fight. The main way that we go about warring with the enemy is through prayer. It's us communing with, connecting with, and beckoning God to be in the middle of all those things. Prayer is a submission of things to God. We know this because the majority of our prayers center around what we want or need, right? And so most, no matter what we do, God knows us about us. That's why he tells us to do it is most of the time we spend our times praying going, you know, not God, you're great. God, you're awesome. But I need this. Please do this. Heal this. Fix this. Save this. I feel this. I'm broken here. Whatever it may be. Um, you, You submit all those things for sure. But that's what it is. It's submission. And so it's us submitting all those things to God. And so our prayer being a weapon should be seen as we're turning the whole battle and everything over to God who has way more than we have and is already the victor over the enemy anyway. Right. And so we stand in that victory. And so prayer is just an idea. We know this. We know it's us submitting. Yeah. It's us submitting things, but prayer should be us submitting all these pieces, all the battle to him. It's our primary thing. Um. The bad thing is, is that most of us as Christians don't pray. 
That's the cold hard truth. It's true. I've been pastoring for a long time, and I've been a Christian for a long time, and I can tell you that my biggest struggle in all of my faith walk has been consistent, bold, fervent, all those cool words, <laughs> prayer, right? Yeah. Um, that has been my biggest struggle. It's something that I'm very inconsistent with. It's not frequent like it ought to be. It's easy to forget. It becomes a last resort a lot of times. Yep. And, and you know, we do this because we say stupid statements. Like I was just thinking that. Think about how often we say this stupid, stupid, horrible statement. Well, you know, I mean, all we can do is pray. I get, and my favorite is, I guess all we can do is pray. I guess pray. all we can do is pray. <laughs> and we're like, right? womp, 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 womp. Like, it's like, that's all we got, right? I mean, yeah. uh, all we can do is pray. And like, when you know, when you talk to somebody and they're struggling, you go, hey, is there anything that you need? And then they go, well, no, nothing, just prayer, right? It's not usually as in a, yeah, pray, yeah. right? It's usually like, I mean, all you can do. It's just pray. It's like it's it's like it's that last thing in the cabinet that you don't want to eat. Yeah. And then you realize, well, all we got yes. is this. So we've been avoiding it every single <laughs> meal, but now we got to eat that can of beans. <laughs> the reason I relate <laughs> yeah. to this so hard is because I've been that person. Like I've caught myself being have. the person that says, like, I guess all we can do is pray. And then I'm like, Lord, I'm sorry that yeah, I just I said, said that. That. Like, that was a bad thing to say. Because it's so diminutive of what yes. prayer is. I mean, it's just like going, well, all we got is prayer. No, don't ever say that. That is yeah. ridiculous. It's the main thing we've got, yeah. right? I mean, we are human beings. He is God. And we have the ability to connect with him in prayer, to communicate with God. And so prayer is not this just little small little thing that we've got um, that most of us struggle with. Yeah. It is our primary weapon. And so it's never all we can do is pray. What it is is we can pray, and then we can do that other stuff. Right. Right? But prayer is the big thing. And so because a lot of us don't pray, I got a really good visual for you. A lot of Christians are like bodybuilders, muscle men and muscle women. By the way, there's lots of muscle women now. It's kind of scary to me. But anyway, if you're a muscle lady, I didn't mean that because you'll kick my butt. Right. (laughs) Anyway, a lot of Christians are like bodybuilders. Most bodybuilders, and I know this is not going to hit all of them, so don't get mad and send me an email. Most bodybuilders work out all the time, constantly, but they never do anything with the strength that they get. They just stand in front of the mirror and flex, or they just take a selfie of it, or they put their oil all of themselves (laughs) and do the competitions for pictures, right? And they tan. (laughs) And, and they never really do anything with the strength. And so right. they're building up these muscles that are for show. Yeah. That makes sense? Yeah. Like, I don't mean that ugly, and I know it's probably not the case for everybody. Yeah. Um, but what they end up doing is they just end up flexing. They just end up going, look how strong I am. A lot of Christians are like bodybuilders. They know all this stuff about God, but they never exercise it. In bold, frequent prayer. I am this person. I'm yeah. saying this because I'm, it's me. Yeah. I know all this stuff too. about God. I know all this stuff about his word. I know all this stuff about theology. Matter of fact, I don't even read anything. Me and Chloe were talking about this earlier. I don't even read anything at all anymore unless it is about church or theology. At all, nothing. I've read one fiction book in like the last <laughs> 10 years. <laughs> I, I mean, so I know all this stuff about God, but I never really exercise it in bold belief, in bold prayers in frequent bold prayers. And so a lot of Christians are like that. We know all this stuff about God, but we never really exercise it. Yeah. We just show up to church and flex our knowledge. 
You know, we just show up and go, I know all the scripture. <laughs> and and uh, preachers, teachers, I'm one of those. We're, we do this all the time, too. Yeah. It's dangerous, and it's bad, and we do it constantly, where we'll show up and we'll flex, man. We'll show you all the stuff we know. We'll lay out all this stuff and teach it to you, and then never pray for you or never pray for it or never really go before the throne of God in, in, in with frequency and with boldness, you know, in everything, like Paul was talking about in that verse, in all situations, all this stuff, everything, in prayer. A lot of Christians are like bodybuilders. They just show up and flex their knowledge and don't really do anything with it. Right. Right. What good, if if prayer is our primary weapon, what good is it to know all this stuff about God and not communicate with him? You know, it's true. It's almost like... James says this a lot. If you, if you want to, if you're a skeptic or a cynic, you should read James. Um, James constantly points to if you don't really know it, then you're not. You don't do it. And so, if you're doing it right, but you don't know it, you're in trouble because mm-hmm. you're not really doing anything. It's all fake. Right. That's what he's getting at, right? That you you listen, you learn, and then you do. If you're not doing, it's because you didn't really learn. You don't really know. That's hmm. what James pushes to. And that's the case here, too. It's like you might not, I might not know all that I think I know about God because it's not causing me to do anything with it. Yeah. So if we're, not, if we're not bold and frequent in our prayers, then maybe we don't know all this stuff about God that we think we know. You know, Because if we, if we know all this stuff about God, why would that not make us go, I can talk to him. Right. Like, I can pray. I can commune with him. He can speak back to me. I can listen and hear from him. And maybe we don't know all that we think we know then, right? Because if we really know those things about God, then we would put it into practice. That's very um, true. So, yeah. you know, a lot of us end up being like that. We just flex our knowledge. We don't do anything with it. Um, if you know these things about the Lord, if these scriptures are starting to build into your faith, like all the ones we talked about last week, Pray. I mean, that's what Paul's saying here. He's like, all this stuff with the gospel, hey, look, when you start applying this all to your life, you start putting all these pieces on, this armor on, right? You got your breastplate, which was my favorite episode, and then you got your shoes, and you got your sword, and you got your helmet, and all this stuff, and he's like, now pray, right? Yeah. You apply the gospel to your whole life, and by the way, we're talking about who God is with the gospel, so commune with him and pray with him. I mean, do we do we have any clue how much power and compassion that God is ready to pour out if we just pray, if we just ask, if we just talk. I mean, think about having a relationship with someone that you never spoke to. I it's mean, not a relationship. It's not. It's not a relationship. I think, but, but think about when you have that relationship and you're speaking and talking all the time, how much more that person is then available or ready, better way to say it, to step into a need that you just brought up or to help or to love or to comfort, right? Mm-hmm. Um, or to, you know, give you compassion, you know, show you empathy, all those things. Yeah. We've got to communicate with him. I mean, Jesus basically dares us to ask. Um, he dares us to ask the, these things of God, to talk to him about them, to submit them to him. And, he does, he's saying that because I'm like I'm saying, look, communicate with the Father. He's in charge. He knows all, and you know this about Him. 
So why wouldn't you be communicating with him? And so that last verse, I think, is the most important piece in the armor of God. Not to not to belittle any of the other pieces. Right. But what good is any of the rest of it if we are not talking to God, if we're not communicating yeah. with him? It's yeah. just pointless. We Ooh. underestimate the power of what we have. We do. We Absolutely. do. Absolutely. I say that because I do that all the time. I really struggle with prayer. So. And there's like, so much scripture that points you back to there is power in prayer. There is power in communication with God. Yeah. Um, and a lot of things, I mean, you know, he's just waiting for his people to pray. Yeah. You know, it, it, there's a burden of responsibility that he places on us. And part of that responsibility is if you want a relationship, seek it. Hmm. You'll find it. I'm going to be there. Seek it. And you ha- there's a burden of responsibility on that. And then so we have to be in prayer. And I know a lot of people are going to hear this because I feel this sometimes too. And you, you come up with all kinds of reasons and excuses not to pray. Most of those, by the way, are just lies of the enemy that have gotten past your shield of faith right now. Right? Because right? if you're going, well, I don't know about prayer, you, your faith's low, bro. You know? <laughs> so yeah. – um. You're going to think to yourself, well, I don't know what to say. Or I don't know how to say it. It doesn't really matter. Just talk. Just just be. Just speak. Just take time. Right? Do it silently then if you don't know what to say. Just mm-hmm. take 10 minutes and go, I'm going to sit here. I'm going to pray to God without saying anything. You know? Yeah. Um, and if you're in those periods, right, where you feel dry and you're like, <clears throat> excuse me, that I have um, I've prayed and I, you know, I don't feel nothing. I don't hear nothing. Just keep doing it. You know, just just understand that I'm going to communicate with God. I'm going to be in a prayerful spot. Um, and if you felt like we you know I've I've said stuff before and God hasn't answered it, um, don't let that keep you from doing it again. And also, don't be so narrow minded to think that He didn't answer it, right? Or that you can see the whole picture. You can't. Right. You know, you can't see the whole picture. I mean, we we can't see, but just a little bit far into our day, right? Okay. We can see what's coming up, you know, this evening or tomorrow yeah. or whatever. But that's about it. Um, and we only see certain things. So don't be so arrogant to think that God hasn't answered it or that he won't or that he's still not in the middle of it. So right. don't let those excuses about prayer keep you from praying. Absolutely. It's the most powerful weapon that you've got. It's the primary way we fight the enemy. If the enemy is is in nature, supernatural and spiritual, the scripture says that, Right. Our battle is not against flesh and blood, right at the beginning of the mm-hmm. scripture, but it's against the rulers of darkness, principalities in the spiritual realm, in the heavenly realm. Then if he is innately spiritual and supernatural, and we are not innately supernatural, then obviously the best way we're going to fight against the supernatural is with the supernaturalness of our God. You know, yeah. it has to be there. And so... Um, we got to pray. Yeah. Got, that's your primary weapon. It's challenging stuff. It is. Stuff. It is. And, you know, you can see how if you're going to walk this faith walk out, it's got to be all-encompassing. I mean, do you see that through the Scripture? It's like your mind, your heart, your vitals, your feet, your weapons, you know, um, all these pieces. It's, it's all-encompassing. Yeah. Your faith walk must be all-encompassing. Everything has to come under the banner of Jesus' lordship. Um, and especially in the spiritual battle we're in, 
he has to be in charge of all things. Yep. And one of the best ways to put God in charge of all things, to, to give him the reins over to your life that you keep holding back, to get off of your throne, right, in your life because you're not a good king anyway, the best way to do that is in prayer. Yeah. Um, that's the primary way you do those things. Yeah. So that's it. That's good. We stuff. covered spiritual armor of God for like wow. 4,900 episodes. Yes. And so this is the last one. I can't believe it's over. It's kind of bittersweet. It is. I've enjoyed it a lot. It and I've just gotten so used to being like talking through spiritual warfare, still talking through spiritual warfare. We, like, <laughs> we have no idea what we're doing next. We yes. got some ideas, we got some thoughts. So stay tuned for whatever we I end think up what I want to talk next. on next, I think I'm going to throw it out here to tease them. I think what I want to talk about is probably only going to be one episode is that um, men can and should cry. Mm. I don't know if we'll say it that way, but something like that. Men are emotional beings. Yes. Yes. Quit hiding from it and acting like you ain't. Yeah. Right. So I think I'm going to cry on the next episode. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's just 30 minutes of Adam <laughs> crying. <laughs> <laughs> you know, what's funny is, is that uh, um, Valerie always makes fun of me uh, in a good way, but me and my dad... And uh, so it used to be my brother, and now my son too. If we get to crying, you better watch out because it's going to turn into a. <laughs> it just gets all crazy. Yeah, it gets <laughs> it turns bad. into like a yeah. It's like, like a, it's a just heaving sob. yes. It's just it's really bad. It's not just random tears <laughs> floating down. It's a, yeah. <gasps> yeah right. I've never been a, like a like a pretty crier. <laughs> you know who is though? Honestly, there's no pretty. Cry. Nobody cries. Pretty. If you saw a pretty cry in a movie, it was called eye drops. Is what it was. <laughs> Right. They weren't actually crying. They weren't actually sad. Oh, man. Well, thank you guys so much for joining us today. And thank you for being a part of this conversation on spiritual warfare. Um, It's been a really good talk. I have personally learned a lot. Um, We hope you all have learned a lot and um, are growing in some of these areas with us. Um, Don't forget to check us out on Facebook and Instagram. We say that every week, but... Please we do, would really please. love to have your interaction on there, letting us know what you think about each episode and sharing it with your friends to get the word out, to encourage them. You know, maybe they're not Christians and they want to learn more. This would be a great resource. Or maybe they are Christians and they need or just want a little extra support in their faith walk. This is a great resource. So we hope that you will share this with your friends and family. Yeah, it's an easy way to share the gospel. Look, what you're going to get from us every single time is the most honest approach that I can think of to um, who Christ is in our lives and then how we can apply that. And so it's honest, it's not pretentious, uh, and it's going to show a lot of our own messiness. And I think people that don't know Christ are looking for that. So share it. Yes, definitely do that so we can grow our little messy walk fam. There you go. Um, And we'll see you guys next week as we talk about men crying <laughs> that sounds like maybe. a weird talk <laughs> maybe <laughs> but it'll sound better than that because i will not be leading this discussion so. <laughs> it's true it's a, a big transition right it's because they forgot to put their armor on yes I don't know. <laughs> or they like flex that. too much right right they flex at the gym too much <laughs> or they saw their love handles of sin poke out from the perfect abs look, well somehow tie in spiritual war we're doing a recap on all right, this right. hey remember before we close out look life is a war The scripture tells us that, but we have a God who's willing to fight for us. And so all these pieces of armor is just applying the gospel, right? Apply the gospel to every area of your life. 
that's how we battle through this thing called life. Yes, absolutely. That's good stuff. And what better way to end it? There you go. All right. We will see you guys guys next week. Have a great one. See you later. Thank you for joining us on the Messy Walk podcast with Pastor Adam Cook. Make sure to follow us for future episodes that will be posted regularly each Wednesday. Have a good day.